Amen. Hey, once again, we in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. Lindsay, it's number 14, titled... Yeah, give it up. Hardly any instructions involved. That's right. Lindsay got it, and she's on the ball. Uh, Witchcraft and the Rise of Wicca, as you can see there, and just by way of a recap, because that's what we do, we've already seen the definition of witchcraft, the types of witches, the location of witches, the protection of witches, and of course, that's through who? That's right. Jesus, always a safe answer in church services, okay? Uh, Then we begin doing the last six times, the history of witchcraft is what we've been taking a look. And basically what we've been seeing is this so-called modern movement called Wicca ain't modern at all. Uh, The word itself literally means witchcraft. It's just nothing but old-fashioned witchcraft, and it's nothing new about it. It's been around for a long time, uh, ever since the Tower of Babel incident in Babylon, and it's spread across the planet, okay, as we saw there. Not just witchcraft, but all kinds of occult behavior that we're still dealing with today, okay? It's just old-fashioned witchcraft and occult practices. Now, we saw uh, after Babylon, of course, where'd it go? It went to Egypt, uh, then it spread to uh, Greece, and then it went to Rome, then we went to Asia, and then India and the islands, okay is where we were at last time okay and there basically we saw indiana jones temple of doom whoever wrote that script eat your heart out you did your homework because that stuff is really going on it wasn't just some uh creative hollywood script that stuff unfortunately is real not just back in the 1920s or 30s whenever they were trying to make that movie look like uh unfortunately even today in fact it's not just witchcraft and occult behaviors we saw it is horrible murderous behavior they are murdering people uh, still to this day in India uh, for their witchcraft uh, purposes, okay? And we saw that certainly, uh, again, with the thuggies was the occult group uh, that was back in the day and still going on today, we saw. Uh, they do that because they worship uh, this lady that you never want to take out for lunch, Kali, uh, the demon uh, Hindu goddess there, okay? And they still kill uh, for her, just very bloody, and those are supposed to be like demon heads all around her. That's somebody, again, you don't want to date or take out to lunch. Uh, and also, again, they're still doing it today. And again, I, could, I just only shared a couple. We could be here all night sharing articles of what's going on in India, murdering uh, children, people, for their body it's sick okay it's still going on today and you wonder why God says don't mess with this stuff and if it comes in your country get it out okay then we moved on from there we went to the island countries of course and we see that they're involved uh, they have uh, Dukun that's the basically witches or witch doctors that are in the land and the rivers then of course you got the mountain version called the Paul Wang uh, then of course they are looked upon even still to this day uh, as supposed healers uh, they're going to be the ones to get out that demon using demons I don't think so uh, they're involved of course in divination and of course they got charms and of course people go and pay them to put hexes on other people and curse them and things that nature and of course they're into black magic which again black magic white magic green magic purple magic chartreuse magic whatever color you want to pick it uh it's all evil okay but it does get extremely creepy and then of course we saw again guess what these people they may not report in the news over here but they're so sick and tired these people murdering tens of thousands of people witchcraft murdering tens of thousands of people that they're retaliating and again, I'm not uh, advocating that let's go on a witch hunt and kill witches. Uh, no, anybody that murders somebody needs to go to the court of law, okay? But as we saw, they put a muzzle on people that you get a 10-year uh, prison sentence if you accuse somebody of being a witch. And yet this stuff is really going on. And you wonder why it continues to spread. That's not good. All right, so tonight, what we're going to do is now we're going to go west, and we're going to see now where did it go. And of course, it went to Africa. And Africa, if you thought India was bad, and if you thought they were, uh, India was a bad, was a sick, murderous, occult, witchcraft, ritualistic behavior, man, Africa is steeped in it in a massive, massive scale, okay? But before we get into that, let's once again remind ourselves what God says our attitude should be about witchcraft and what he originally said to do uh, if these things start coming your way, certainly in your country. Open your Bibles to Exodus 22. Exodus 22 is our opening text, Exodus 22. We're going to read verses 14 through 15. And again, God does not mince words. Uh, He's very blunt about it. Uh, And you don't have to say, but gee, if only I knew, uh, you know, what God's impression was about the occult and which, no, he he just tells it straight out. He doesn't mess with this stuff. And the more you get into this, you see why, okay? Especially when you get to this murderous, rotten behavior, okay? But Exodus 22, 
uh, verse 14. And of course, what we're dealing with here is the, the Jewish law at that time. And of course, they're dealing with uh, uh, things that you need to be responsible with. And if somebody does this, then here's the responsible thing to do, and et cetera, et cetera. And so let's pick it up at verse 14. It says there, now if a man borrows an animal from his neighbor and it is injured or dies while the owner is not pres- present, he must what? Make restitution. Now why? Because you need to be responsible for your behavior, right? That's the proper right thing to do. Uh, I remember growing up in a non-Christian family, and that is something that uh, my parents even instilled to me. You borrow something, and if you, when you borrow it, if it breaks, oh well, you have to pay to fix it or buy a new one. We weren't even Christians, right? But that's just the responsible thing to do. We live in a society today. It's like, oh, it's not your fault, not my fault. No, when you, anyway, so he goes on. He says, now, but if the owner uh, is with the animal, the borrower will not have to pay, because he's right there. He could have said something, prevented it, whatever. So, uh, but still, if the animal was hired, the money paid for the hire covers the loss, right? So there's still responsibility. Uh, then he goes on. He says, now, if a man seduces a, a virgin, verse 16, who is not pledged to be married and sleep with her, oh, well, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, it's okay to create a society full of uh, single moms and men don't have to be responsible for their behavior. No, what, what's God say? You do that, well, you, gonna, you need to be what? Responsible. You need to be responsible for your behavior in your society. He must pay the bride price and she shall be his wife. Now, it used to be that in the old days. Remember the old phrase, shotgun wedding? You did what with my daughter? Here come the shotgun. Here come the preacher. You're getting married, right? Remember those days? Not anymore. Now it's like, nah, nobody has to be responsible. And you wonder why our society's falling apart, all right? He continues on, okay? He gives another one. He says, now, if a, a, her father absolutely refuses to give her to him he must still pay the bride price for the virgin you still got to be responsible all the way one way or another and then all of a sudden out of what whoa didn't what do not what allow a sorceress to live whoa so once again you see god's original penalty here for those involved in witchcraft when they come your way into your society okay it's what the death penalty. And I find what's very interesting, he, right after this, he comes in with this one to also stay away from. Anyone who has sexual relations with an animal must also what? Be put to death, right? And so think about our society, how twisted it's gotten. You know, back in the day in the old covenant, and by the way, people including witches and those involved in the occult today should be very glad that we're no longer under the old covenant. And I'm not advocating, let's go kill them or whatever, okay? Including people, unfortunately, who are involved in bestiality. But notice what, what we're right next to each other witchcraft and bestiality our society today most of us are the things man somebody's guilty of bestiality oh man they yeah they need to go to jail that's just just that's just intolerable but then you say oh somebody's involved in witchcraft oh hey that's just their path that's just the path that they chose in life we just need to let them be what no and again we're going to see again tonight folks you let this stuff flourish in your country you're toast and sometimes literally toast they may come after you because they need your body parts for their spells. I'm not making this up. It's gross. It's still going on uh, today, okay? So we're gonna see that, certainly. Why does God say, don't mess with this? He's got zero tolerance with witchcraft and the occult, sorcery, because it not only leads people astray, sends them uh, straight to hell because it leads them away from Jesus Christ, the only way to escape hell, but literally, lives are on the line, and you let this permeate, it's going to ruin your country. So again, we're gonna take a look at the next area, and that is Africa, Now, Africa, obviously, if you guys know your geography, it's the second largest, second most populous continent after Asia, which we just left from over there. Okay, India's pretty big too. But Africa has 1.3 billion people. Okay, as of 2018, it accounts for 16% of the world's population. So as big as that is, guess what? That place, I am telling you, we're gonna see tonight, is massively flooded with witchcraft. A huge, massive portion of our planet, again, is flooded with that, okay? Africa, of course, has a large diversity of uh, ethnicities, cultures, and languages, also, quote, religious beliefs. Now, according to the World Book Encyclopedia, Islam and er, Christianity, they say, now this is secular, really what they say is those are the two biggest ones. But as we've seen before in some of our statistical studies and research, when they say that Christianity is the biggest religion on the planet, mm-mm, not really, because what they do is they always seem to lump in, number one, Catholicism in that, okay? And Roman Catholicism is not biblical Christianity. So that brings that number way down. And there's still a lot of Catholicism in Africa, okay? Another big one that they lump in there is we saw in other statistics. They're not saying necessarily here, but they lump in Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. That ain't Christianity. 
So again, they lump it all in as Christians, so the number gets inflated. Now, another group, of course, that's big in Africa is the charismatic uh, groups. In fact, I would say some of the extreme ones and the, the uh, works-based ones, that you gotta speak in tongues to be saved, you gotta do all this stuff to be, and that's, that's not the gospel. So you can say you're a Christian all you want, okay? Uh, but that doesn't mean that you are, okay? And uh, so anyway, so let's rephrase that. The World Book Encyclopedia, Islam and Catholicism and pseudo-Christian groups might make up the biggest portion. But again, they also have Hindus, Buddhists, Confucius, Baha'i, Jewish, and guess what? I'm telling you, man, they have a ton of witchcraft in Africa. It just, it blew me away. Now listen to this. Witchcraft is a prevalent belief and practice. On the African continent, it permeates, listen, and controls the thinking, perception, and lives of nearly all Africans. This is a secular document. I mean, it's just everywhere in this society, both educated and non-educated. It is a part of their, quote, religious heritage and belief in the destructive power of witches and sorcerers are uh, rampant throughout Africa. It's woven into their society. They believe that they're possessed by familiars, which we saw were demon spirits, oftentimes animals. We'll get to that in just a little bit. And that's how they get their uh, powers and to do their, their dirty deeds, okay? People, listen, quote, in Africa, live in constant fear of messing with these entities. Now, a lot of them you're gonna see tonight seek them for their help, but yet at the same time, they're also afraid of them because obviously they believe that they uh, uh, are possessed by the spirits, which would be demons, uh, that they obviously do spells and, and as we're gonna see tonight, what is called muti, okay? And that's basically uh, witchcraft medicine, okay? In order to make the medicine though, guess what you need? Not just plants, telling you folks it's gross body parts big business in africa as we sit here tonight it is gross right and so they're afraid of these guys they believe they cause death illnesses accidents epileptic fix infertility miscarriage you name it uh a lot of them saying that's probably the witches doing that stuff all right now with that said as much as they're on the one hand afraid of them again a lot of them rely upon them I'm telling you, witchcraft is woven in the African society. In some parts of Africa, listen, witchcraft is a, quote, this is, again, secular document. It's a prerequisite for traditional office holders. So we want to hire the guy for political office who's involved in witchcraft. Why? Because they believe that witchcraft is what will invest these rulers with mystical powers, deep insights, and extraordinary wisdom. So you and I, as a Christian, we say, man, we need, we need Christians in office, right? People who follow God's law. In Africa, they say, we need guys who are involved in witchcraft because they have the power to, it's crazy. Absolutely. One guy says this, in my own country in Africa, this is in Nigeria, he said, the belief in witchcraft is common among people of all ethnic religious backgrounds. Witches possess magical powers that they acquire through rituals. And here it is. I'm just going to give you a little teaser because we could be here all night showing these articles and I'm not going to do it human sacrifice. This, as we sit here, is going on a massive, massive scale, not just as we saw in India, but even, of course, tonight with Africa. It, it, and frankly, it's a, it's a sick, big business, okay? It's called Ritual Killing. And again, this is just one of many articles. You could do the research yourself. Articles, current articles happening, going on all the time, every day, every week in Africa. They're murdering people, men, women, and especially children, they really want to go after children. I'll explain why uh, in a little bit. But ritual killing and sacrifice of humans is still practiced in Africa. It's uh, witchcraft. And, and you're going like, well, why? Because, and I quote, now tell me that this has not already happened in our country and we're f fooling ourselves that the Lord should tarry and we're still alive, okay? If we as a nation still allow witchcraft and the occult practices to permeate and we purposely popularize them, that we won't reach this level, and dare I say, this is something we don't want to deal with, and we're probably going to deal with it when we get to the issue of Satanism and maybe some of the modern witchcraft. But I'm convinced that this stuff does go on in the United States of America with people involved in witchcraft and the occult. It's just the media refuses to report on it. But Africa, at least they're talking about it, okay? Because they're having to obviously deal with it on a massive scale. But listen to this. Witchcraft in Africa is featured prominently, listen, think of our own country, in the media and the film industry even in children's classroom textbooks. Sound familiar? 
And it's also popular with home videos. It's permeated uh, with sorcery, magic, the occultism, and uh, belief in witchcraft is even infused, quote, into their science. It's kind of like a pseudoscience. Their, their version of science is kind of witchcraft slash uh, witch, uh, uh, sorcery and things of that nature. Okay. Uh, and Africans make no distinction between, quote, negative and positive magic. There you go again. That's the lie. Well, I only practice white magic, and that's perfectly fine. That's the good. No, I only use magic for good to help people and heal them. That's those other people with the black magic. That's creep. No, it's all bad. That's the lie. Now, let's take a look at just some of the things that are going on in Africa and their witchcraft practices. You walk over there and stuff's going on. And what you're going to see in this video clip, just like I mentioned, Dr. Couch said from uh, Tyndale Seminary where I went, and he went on some mission trips. He said, basically, Catholicism doesn't care if you're involved in the cold as long as you attend mass, right? Uh, We don't really care what you do. And it's kind of a blend. You know, they'll go do mass and then go over the next door and they will sacrifice a chicken. Remember I told you that? This, act, this lady actually shows it. It blew me away. Watch this. This is nuts. Now, this week we'd like to pay attention to our African roots in a sense that we all have either heard about, have practiced, or in one way or another have read about or even done stories about. And uh, this is about black magic in Africa. This has been, uh, you know, asked over and over again. Is it a myth or it's a reality? And so we're asking ourselves as Africans, how much destructive has this been? And on the platform today, it's going to be all about black magic. This is a voodoo ceremony. In West Africa, this religion is observed by millions. And for them, voodoo is a path to lifelong balance, health, and prosperity. For those who practice, one of the best ways to achieve this is by working with a healer known as a fetisher. Here, at the Marché de Fetiche, West Africa's largest voodoo market. This is where you get duck heads. This is where you get dried birds, snakes. You get all of this here. It's like a supermarket for voodoo. We take the baby, cut in the skin of the person, put this powder inside. Personally, I was looking for something to protect me while I was on my travels. Put it inside. We can prepare like the amulet. And the person put it in the pocket, in the bag, something with you. Cool. To protect you. Understood. Okay. I want to go and see a fetish show. And so we can have uh, we can have a ceremony. We can see what it's like. Okay? No problem. Some Africans have sacrificed the souls of their wives, children, siblings, friends, and in some instances parents just to make money you can openly be at church in the morning and do voodoo rites in the afternoon without being bothered it's actually very easy to do so as the basilica was built by christian missionaries opposite the voodoo temple of pythons Get the guy a football helmet. This witchcraft is dangerous. Tell you why. Whoa, man. I guess that's a head slapping good time. He's three stooges. Ain't got nothing on these guys. I'll tell you what. Next thing you know, this is crazy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> But seriously, did you see that? Now, she said Christian missionaries. Uh Uh-uh. That was a Catholic basilica. That was Catholic missionaries. And they did it right next to the Python occult place. And in fact, further, I I had to cut the the video. We could have been there having a head slapping good time for a long time. I had to chop it and move on. But what they were saying is they go to the Catholic mass and they immediately go over to the, the Python voodoo place. You know why? 
because it produces results for them. And think about that. That's not a slight against Christianity because Catholicism isn't Christianity. What it is is it shows the bankrupt of Catholicism because it's not real Christianity. And of course it's not gonna work for them. But you got the pressure, you gotta go do the mass thing, and then if you want results, you gotta go to the occult. That's how sad. What these people need is real born-again Christians coming with a real Christian church, okay, lead them out of that, and they're gonna see the results that can only happen through Jesus Christ. But belief in witchcraft is widespread in Africa, even though, listen to this, it's kind of strange, those who believe in witchcraft rated their lives significantly, quote, less satisfying than those who did not, which is kind of crazy. We saw this before in uh, uh, secular psychology, a lot of these so-called secular psychologists, uh, which are following Freud and Young and Carl Rogers and some of those guys, we saw with Freud and Young both involved in the occult, especially Young, and he even admitted that he got his inspiration from demons that spoke to him and things of that nature. And, uh, but you look at the lives statistically of secular psychologists, they're not just as bad, they're oftentimes worse than their patients, and yet people go to them for advice. So it's just kind of kind of wild. But people uh, believe, of course, that uh, uh, witchcraft, it's widespread in Africa, and it's all over all levels of society, from law enforcement to aid donations to public health. Africa, witch doctors are consulted for just about everything, healing diseases, literally, just like we saw even way back in Rome, for putting curses on people, right? And things of that nature on their rivals. It's used for personal, political, financial gain. And Africa uh, uh, witchcraft has led to, quote, horrific murders and mutilations in recent years. Okay. And again, I'm just going to show you one more. And uh, we could, again, be here all day showing you of what they're doing. They're murdering people right and left uh, in African witchcraft. And why are they doing that? Because they're doing it for their, quote, this, again, direct quote, body, for their body parts, uh, their arms, fingers, genitals, ears, and blood are highly prized on the black market because they believe to contain magical powers that they need for witchcraft. The practice of using body parts for magical ritual, again, is called uh, muti, okay? And uh, they are, the attacks are, quote, brutal. They use knives and machetes. They cut off and hack off limbs, breasts, and other body parts on their screaming victims. And here it is, even children. This is sick. And again, you wonder why God says, don't allow this to permeate in your country. Now, again, I'm not saying let's go do a witch hunt, round these people up and do an eye for an eye and tooth for tooth and kill them. Uh Uh-uh. But at least deal with it, admit it, and then do what you would do with any other crime, take them to court, right? And then hopefully justice will prevail, right? But this is, this is crazy stuff, folks. In fact, one guy said this, quote, child sacrifice is real in Africa. It's not a myth. It's a reality and it's happening on a huge scale in Africa. He said, quote, I saw with my own eyes three children who've been sacrificed from the same family and it broke my heart. He said, I saw the pain of the mother who lost three children. Witchcraft has long been practiced throughout Africa. And again, it involves sacrificing all kinds of things like animals, like goats and chickens. But quote, witch doctors in Africa say that their work is more powerful when you sacrifice specifically the blood of a child. They believe that when you sacrifice a child, you will get wealth, you'll get protection, and you get some sort of a blessing. Now, who do you think came up with that idea, that lie? Satan, John chapter 8, he's a liar and father of all lies, and he's a what? Same passage, a murderer. He's been one from the beginning. He's the one filling these uh, people's minds with this. But let's, let's deal with this moody thing, okay? Because this is big business, right? Uh, and, and, and basically a moody, this guy right here, as you can see, this is a street moody vendor. You think, well, what's that? He's actually selling uh, certain things you need to make these things in witchcraft for protection, for things of that nature on the street, right? You and I around Vegas, you'd have street vendors, right? People say knickknack and paddywhacks or uh, take a picture of a guy who looks like Elvis, right? These people are selling witchcraft on the streets. And then you, as you saw in the one video, the guy goes to a market. He goes to the town. There's a big giant market. It's all witchcraft paraphernalia and, and, and products and herbs and potions and all kinds of bones and things that you need for witchcraft. And again, you come to, uh, uh, we make jokes about it. You come to Vegas and again, it's just, you get all, you know, a, a cup that says Vegas. I love Vegas or a t-shirt or whatever. They do witchcraft. It's crazy. It's all over the place. Now, muti uh, means tree. Okay. And it's basically, again, these witchcraft potions that they put together. Uh, in their rituals uh, that sometimes are, as you saw in the guy's photo there, are derived from plants or trees. Okay, but again, they use body parts. 
It's, it's big business over there. In fact, they call them, not just Muti, uh, they call them Muti killings, okay? Sometimes another term they'll use is medicine murderers because, again, they have to get these body parts to make their medicine, uh, and then, of course, they sell their services to other people. It's gross. It's an actual business. But a medicine murder or moody killing is a murder of someone in order to excise body parts to incorporate into medicine used in witchcraft. In fact, uh, one of their deputy provincial commissioners, a guy named William Mapimbe, uh, said that moody murders, particularly those involving young children, are on the rise. Okay, and the government... Uh, is convening to, quote, root out the evil practice of mutilating human bodies for the purpose of muti making, okay? Now, the problem is, just like we saw in India, remember what happened in India? They passed a law that said, if you accuse anybody of being a witch, you get, you get what? Up to 10 years in prison. Well, again, I'm not saying let's go hunt these people down and kill them. That would be wrong. You don't want to do eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, but you got to at least talk about it because it's going on. As we saw in India, tens of thousands of people, including children, are being murdered, okay? Uh, just like we're seeing with Africa. But again, if I even say, hey, I, especially after you kill my family, hey, you're a wi- hey, yep, I go to jail. Same thing, very similar in Africa, okay? And believe it or not, it started by the British. The British back in, in 1735 called the witch, uh, they passed the Witchcraft Act. Now, this was actually in Britain at the time, but who controlled Africa for the longest time? It was under Britain rule. So in 1735, in Great Britain, they made a law. It's called the Witchcraft Act of 1735. It was a crime for a person to claim that any human being had magical powers or was guilty of practicing witchcraft. Well, gee, I wonder why it's so rampant in Europe today, right? That's back in 1735, okay? Then uh, there was the Witchcraft uh, Suppression Act in 1957. This was in South Africa, and this one was based on that Britain one in 1735 that, quote, criminalizes, listen, just like India, imprisonment for up to 10 years if you impute to any other person or naming or indicating any other person as a witch or wizard, etc. Well, no wonder the stuff won't go away. But uh, in 2007, they tried to pass through what was called the witchcraft suppression bill that was not just going to explicitly acknowledge the existence of witchcraft, but to begin to criminalize it. But guess what? The witches began to complain. That's actually from a witch website there. And uh, the pagans who identify as self-witches objected to the, quote, unconstitutional suppression of their, quote, religious beliefs and practices and negative stereotype in this particular bill. Well, then stop killing people. Can we at least start there? And believe it or not, folks, they, they won. The bill was, of course, suspended till further notice. But again, why does this stuff continue on today? Because they get protected. And yet, what does God say? Again, I'm not saying I'm for the death penalty. I'm not saying let's go do the Old Testament, Old Covenant, because we're not under that. But you got to deal with this. But I think that the obvious lesson, even for t- today, as New Covenant Christians, is what? Don't let this stuff flourish. You got to deal with this. And, and certainly don't roll over and act like it's not going to happen. And certainly don't get involved in it yourself or downplay it. And, and maybe we should take it more serious of how it's being popularized, as we're going to see tonight, even in the church. They're coming after your kids. It's crazy. We're going to see that in just a little bit. But these guys, they're all aspects of society. The African witch doctors, they look at them, of course, again, for medicine. Okay. Uh, again, that's their medicine guy right there. In fact, they have a name that's called a sangoma. Okay, I'll spell that for you. A sangoma. And that's basically the African witch doctor, African medicine man. Okay, in fact, here's one in action. Let's take a look. Johannesburg, the biggest and most modern city in Africa. But as the continent charges towards the 21st century, there are still mysterious and ancient forces at work here. Meet Seth Soroka, a third-generation traditional healer, or Sangoma. Seth has turned African medicine into a lucrative money spinner from the white community. It's all about protection. And this is his arsenal of secret weapons to keep the thieves at bay. It's, uh, you know, is, uh, Secretions from the lungs of a lion and hyena fat, just to name a few. 
Seth mixes his brews for more than 40 white clients who call on his traditional medicines to allay their greatest fear, the fear of crime. It's a booming market with no shortage of potential customers. Maybe they need to come us to the healers and say, let's sit down and talk about this thing. And then we give them the guarantee, we sign a contract, then we start to give them the protection. Seth's work is a curious mix of centuries-old traditions and the ills of a modern society. Today's protection job, a nursery on the outskirts of Johannesburg. Yes, Linda, how are you? I'm fine, and you? Seth first met Linda DeLuca 12 months ago when he was called in to protect her fleet of utes. A disgruntled former employee was threatening to steal them and kill the drivers. So Seth was on the job. But when the contract ran out, disaster struck. Somebody hijacked my buggy. Oh, really? What happened? <laughs> they caught Saul at gunpoint in the blooming in Soweto, right in the school. He was in a school and. So Offloading the, trees, yeah. So the Mutti's worn off? Yeah, well, Seth told me that it needs to be renewed, and then we didn't get round to it, so now my buggy's gone, so it's time to renew it. You will learn not to. So Seth the Sangoma is back. The first job is to stop the criminals from coming into the nursery. What I'm doing here is to protect, you know, this uh, nursery for Linda so that when the criminals come in, they will feel inside his body that, no, this nursery is not good, it's dangerous. Now this isn't just any old bucket of water at about a hundred bucks a splash. This sort of traditional protection certainly doesn't come cheap, particularly if you're white. But does Linda believe this is actually going to work? There is a feeling that the Sangoma can help them to sort their problems out. Isn't this crazy? Hey, did you see that part where he was digging a hole and putting some stuff in and putting it back? Remember the Catholic practice? If you want to sell your house, dig a hole, stick a figurine in there. I wonder why there's so much similarity in some of this stuff. But anyway, but did you see, isn't this nuts? They literally... Like you and I, if you got something going on with your home, uh, we would call an electrician or a plumber, or uh, if people are, you know, criminal behavior, you call the cops. Who are these people calling? Witches. As we sit here, on a massive scale, it's a very lucrative business. In fact, uh, and, and notice it wasn't just the African community that was calling the African community. It's the Caucasian community was relying on witches. In fact, there's now a trend that they have uh, apparently big enough business and apparently they believe in it. And it's like, man, where's the church? You need some good godly churches down there to counteract this baloney. But they're called white sangomas, white witch doctors. An increasing number of white people are openly now being trained as sangomas themselves in Africa. It's, it's crazy. Uh, again, they're looked upon for all kinds of things to provide healing, uh, spiritual illnesses, emotional illnesses, physical illnesses, directing birth, death rituals, finding lost cattle, protection, counteracting witchcraft. Again, they're trying to fight demons. It ain't going to work. And I, was, I thought about this. And notice he said they sign a contract with us. Did you hear that part in there? And they, they sign a contract with the witch doctor. And, and what happened? She let the contract lapse, and then the bad behavior came back. Isn't that convenient? Right? And think about seducing people. If I was a demon and I wanted people to go away from Jesus and towards witchcraft, what would I do? I would allow them to have the perception that this stuff works. And then when the contract ran out, I would send more demons to inspire people to do demonic things so they would go back and say, oh, I should never have. And then when they signed it again and he does his little rituals, I'll pull the demons back. And it looks like it works. Do you see the deception? Bunch of baloney. But people are getting sucked into it. In fact, listen to this. This is nuts. It is estimated there are as many as, and this is just South Africa. Not the whole continent, just South Africa. It is estimated that there are as many as 200,000 of these sangomas, these witches, in South Africa compared to 25,000 Western-trained doctors. Let me say that again. There's 200,000 of these witchcraft doctors just in South Africa as opposed to 25,000 Western-trained doctors. In fact, the witch doctors are consulted by approximately 60% of the South African population. They go to them first. It's a big, huge uh, business, okay? But again, they're sought out after also for divination uh, as well. Uh, these witch doctors, uh, they believe that they can get advice and guidance from the ancestors through, quote, spirit possession. So what's that? 
full-blown demonic possession is what they're involved in. Uh, Also, uh, for mediumship or throwing the bones or by dream interpretation. So any one of those four techniques, and they could supposedly give you advice from beyond the grave. And that's popularized today, even on television shows uh, here in America. But you say, well, how do they get possessed by the Spirit? Listen to their technique. Watch this. It says, in possession states, the Sangoma works themselves into a trance through drumming, dancing, and chanting. You mean to tell me that repetitive movement with repetitive music can get you into an altered state of consciousness. That reminds me of a 42-week study we did on charismatic chaos. Is that very interesting? The witch doctors in Africa rely on that to get them into that altered state. Abs- oh, and that's not all. Quote, secular article. The Sangoma will provide specific information, right, once they get possessed uh, to the problems of the patients and some Sangomas speak to their patients through normal conversations while others speak in bingo. It's like like there's a quinky dink going on here again. I don't know what it is, but anyway. Now, if they don't want to go through and get possessed because they got to get worked up for a while, it takes a little while. Another technique that they use is called throwing the bones, okay? And that's an, quote, alternative practice to the, quote, exhausting ritual of possession by the ancestor, which would be a demon. But let's take a look at one of those guys doing divination through the bones. Let's take a look. Back at the office, there's a burning question of a rather more personal nature. Ephraim Clamini has, well, a rather nasty dose of the clap, a throw of the bones, and Seth sees all. Like if, you know, he do intercourse with his, you know, wife, then, you know, he's very weak. And you know that, you know, a woman needs a strong man. So if you're weak, obviously you can't perform whatever. Sid, like... Uh... Now, call me a skeptic, but in the pursuit of journalistic truth, how could I possibly avoid throwing the bones? What's my future? Oh, look at that. So, what have we got? You need to go back to your ancestors, especially your grandmother, because she's crying. She say, you do a lot of job, but you didn't report anything to her. So she's crying. These four basic bones means you are no more communicate with her so she's crying i guess i'll just have to take it on faith that it was all in the bones no you should listen to god who says stay away from this stuff you're being led astray what a bunch of baloney right but again the demons deceive people and try to give results so that people get sucked into that i don't know about you men but i tell you what if i grabbed a pile of junk in my hands and blew on it and threw it on the ground my wife is, will immediately tell me my future is get the broom and the dustpan, sweep that junk up, you goober, right? It's just you don't need to be a sorcerer to figure that out. But anyway, that's crazy, okay? Uh, also, they're looked upon for weather purposes, just like the American Indian sh- shaman, witch doctor, same thing, the rain dance, all that stuff, nothing new under the sun. They believe that they're possessed by the sky god or the great spirit, and they could do that. They're also uh, considered a, quote, priest magician, and uh, that they're able to control human consciences, the minds of the people, and that uh, they fulfill the role while under possession of a spirit or a so-called deity, which they believe that they're just a servant. No, you're in total demonic bondage uh, at this point and being used, okay? And uh, in fact, uh, talking about their spirit possession, watch this. African witches are possessed by a range of different familiars, Right? And we saw this back, and we did a little bit of a study there in our Asia one. Right? Now, remember in Asia, it would be these animals that would get possessed by demons that the witches would have alongside with them that were supposed to give the witches power, but also these animals, demon-possessed animals, would call familiars, and then they would uh, train the witches and protect them and do all kinds of stuff. Remember that? Now, it's kind of interesting. It's all coming from the same root, but each country has their favorite animals to depict uh, as the familiars. In Asia, of course, we saw, remember it was the fox witch, okay, or the snake witch, sometimes the cat witch. It, it mentions here, and we'll eventually get to there, Lord willing, in Europe, it's cats, dogs, or weasels are familiar for European witches to have as their familiars. In Africa, gee whiz, I wonder what they are. It's hyenas, owls, and baboons. Okay, is the ones that they're familiar spirits uh, that they're uh, being possessed and working with. And, but also they mentioned this. They also believe 
that they can have a familiar of human origin and listen to their words and they will appear as a zombie. Isn't that popularized today? So basically, and then Lord Willem will probably get into that. Lord Willem, after witchcraft, if we're still alive and still here, John, uh, we'll deal with Satanism and then we're gonna deal with what I basically call a hodgepodge. And that's about vampirism, voodooism, shamanism, animism, all ancestor worship. We'll get into all that kind of stuff uh, as well. But uh, again, you get back into that aspect of uh, voodoo, right? And that is a big thing that they, you know, believe they can possess people and take charge of them, et cetera, blah, blah. So, but basically they, they, they have a version where a person can become possessed and act as you're familiar uh, to give you power and guidance as well. Which of course then leads to they're looked upon as uh, sorcerers. Uh, and, and this is where they can do bad things on your behalf for other people uh, at a price. Uh, that if you want to strike somebody with illnesses or misfortune, uh, you go out and get the uh, sorcerer. Uh, Witches are typically seen particularly active after dusk and uh, uh, while, quote, law-abiding mortals are uh, sleeping. Uh, And they also see that uh, in Africa cultures, witches are believed to assemble, assemble in cannibal covens, often in graveyards, Uh, around a fire to feast on the blood that they like vampires extract from their victims okay Uh, and on it goes there's talk of necromancy I'm not even going to get into that it's gross okay and as gross as that is listen quote there is no inconsistency in the mind of the African to consult both a medical doctor and a witch doctor at the same time and here's what they do the first one uh, treats the external uh, symptoms, the, the medical doctor, but then they go to the witch doctor to undercover uh, the hidden causes while they got sick in the first place. So it's like a two-bang punch. Like we might go to the doctor and then follow physical therapy. They go to a doctor and uh, we need to go to the witch doctor now uh, to, to have the full meal deal, if you will. And, and again, uh, the, the one will deal with just natural things. The other one they think is because this is being caused by a supernatural thing. Uh, they'll, they'll wear amulets. They'll take medicine. They'll bathe in potions and things of that nature. And again, they don't think that witchcraft is intrinsically, uh, good or bad. In fact, modern African leaders sometimes surround themselves with protective witch doctors. So you're like a supernatural bodyguard. So again, what, what are you starting to see as we get into this in different continents and countries around the world? You're starting to see that the rulers were either witches themselves or relied upon witchcraft and the occult to protect them or give them wisdom. Good thing that doesn't happen today. Yeah, i say it again. It does. Now, also, like in Western society, suspected of child abuse, African witches uh, also are believed to practice incest and other perversions, including not just as we saw with these muti killings, okay, for body parts for people, but they specifically, as we saw, really want to get kids. But if you really, 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 really want to have, they believe, super duper powerful potions, then you need to kill an albino. This is not just going on along with the other murders. It's going on on a massive scale. And right now, as we sit here in comfort tonight, there's people literally running for their lives from witches trying to kill them. Watch this. A man being hunted, living in fear of being killed for what he is. Jeremiah Ndairaje is on the run from gangs involved in the most gruesome trade, now spreading across East Africa, the trade in the human body parts of albinos. Some African witch doctors are using them to concoct so-called good luck potions. They claim the body parts, skin, golden hair, and even the genitals of albinos will bring good luck in love, life, and business. Al Jazeera brought you the story of this horrible trade last year from Tanzania, where more than 40 albinos have been slaughtered in the last two years. And it's now spread across the border to Burundi. So far, 11 albinos have been murdered and mutilated here. Jeremiah showed me his squalid and dilapidated hideout. 
he's not alone. Cyprian abandoned his family to take refuge here. We're here because they're hunting us. They want to kill us because of the color of our skin. Emmeline and her brother Bertrand fled after a suspicious visitor came to their house. A man came to our house saying he was looking for merchandise. It scared us, so we left. But it's Jeremiah's story that's the most harrowing. His brother Daniel was allegedly murdered by the eldest brother in the family, who then sold off the body parts for $240. I saw my brother's dead body. All his limbs, arms and legs were chopped off and gone. Afterwards, my brother and sister-in-law were overheard fighting over the money they had got from selling his body parts. Furthermore, we have evidence that the murderers came through my older brother's compound and spent some time in his house discussing how they were going to kill him. I was lucky not to be at home at that time. They believe that what's happening amounts to genocide. I cannot take the risk of going back home. I will not leave this place. I would rather starve and die here than be hacked to death. Man, we whine about cold french fries. Right now, these people are running for their lives from witchcraft. And don't kid yourself if you don't think this stuff goes on here in America. It just does not get reported. And the more that it permeates and the more that it gets popularized, it's going to happen even more. And again, you wonder why, what, what's God get this out of your don't and again I'm not saying I gotta say this every time because I don't want people to take it out of context and, and get me to say something I didn't say I'm not promoting let's go do a witch hunt and kill them but you gotta own up to this you gotta deal with it just like anybody who murders anybody and anybody who's guilty of genocide and you gotta at least deal with it and take them to court okay but acting like it doesn't go on or producing laws that I can't even even go to first base on this issue that ain't going to help anything. BBC News reported that more than 200 witch doctors have been arrested recently in Tanzania in a crackdown on the murder of albinos. The killing is driven by the belief and advanced by witch doctors that the parts have properties that confer wealth and good luck. According to the Red Cross, witch doctors are prepared, and this is in Africa. Imagine how much money this is to an African. Witch doctors will be prepared to pay $75,000 for a complete set of albino parts. I mean, how much is that to somebody living out in the middle of nowhere? Did you see? And that one guy killed his own family member for 240 bucks. This is what this stuff produces. And it's not a game. And it says here, the latest victims include a one-year-old albino boy. Wow. And as sick and as crazy as that is, it's spreading. And it's getting more accepted amidst of all this murderous behavior. Why? I have to show you, this is from an article, a headline. This African country may soon legalize witchcraft. Why? Because we need witchcraft to ease the burden on state hospitals. Can you believe this? This is nuts. Witchcraft may soon be legalized as, quote, traditional medicine, a move that is expected to ease the burden on already overcrowded hospitals, Al Jazeera reports. Hospitals are getting overburdened due to a lack of staff, so the government is considering giving legal backing to the operations of, quote, traditional healers. Oh, so you change the name, and it just somehow makes it better. No, you're talking about old-fashioned witchcraft and witch doctors who do all kinds of horrible things, including murdering people. And now you want to legalize it because that's going to offset people's medical needs. In fact, one witch doctor, a guy named Koss, he said that he could establish a hospital. This is a witch. He could establish a hospital and treat all people suffering in the country if the government will consider his services he's offering to the community as legit. Crazy. Here's the actual news report. This is nuts. If only the government recognized my work and the service I give to the community... I could open a hospital and treat all people suffering in my country. The witchcraft wouldn't allow us to film inside the waiting room where there are about 80 people inside a small room. Police officers in uniform, men in suits, women holding their babies, all believing that the witchcraft can do more to treat them than a medical doctor. With one doctor for 15,000 people, hospitals are overwhelmed with patients. There are not enough medical staff. So the government wants to legalize witchcraftry as traditional medicine. Hey, it's, it's, it's not witchcraft, it's Wicca. 
We just love nature and animals. And, and, and we're just a peace-loving people. No, you can call it what you will. Traditional healer, traditional medicine, Wicca, it's all witchcraft. This is absolutely crazy what's going on. But hey, good thing we don't have to deal with specifically African witchcraft here. Yeah, real quick as we get ready to close, uh, thanks once again to our media, including Disney. Uh, and I had to do a screenshot on this one. This isn't, well, Pastor Billy, you're, you're just making an unfair a comparison uh, that the Lion King was promoting African witchcraft and the minds of little children. Uh, you're just a wacko. No, this is from a witch website, and I'm going to quote what the witches say about that. They love this cartoon and a lot of Disney because it helps promote their craft, right? And what they say, this is the witch speaking here. Disney classics are no stranger to us witches. Disney film uh, has witchcraft play a prominent role in many of their films, including The Lion King. Uh, But we need to look no further than the opening scene and see that the film is laden with magic and pagan symbolism. Uh, The opening scene is backed by a version of Elton John's Circle of Life. It shows the animals of Africa gathering to see their newborn prince for the first time. When they're gathered, Rafiki arrives to present Simba, Uh, and gives him a ritual blessing. Rafiki, of course, is a shaman or a witch doctor. When the animals are gathered, the, we see Rafiki uh, walking among the crowd towards Pride Rock. He, 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 as he passes through, they bow before him because shamans uh, are treated with great respect and honored, uh, even more uh, so than the chief or the king. Uh, they're considered the mouth of spirituality. And then, of course, uh, uh, after seeing baby Simba, he smiles and he shakes a rattle of gourds over the cup. Why? Because just like bells, and this is the witch speaking. It's not me making this up. Like bells in modern witchcraft, rattles are instruments used for more than just music. They hold a ritual purpose. They can be used as a cleansing tool or even summoning or invoking a spell. And so Rafiki shaking his rattle over Simba was not simply an act of affection. It was start of a ritual. And then let's go back to that and let's see there, there with the, uh, the bottom uh, depiction there. Ancestor worship is part and parcel to many uh, shamanic uh, and pagan paths. Uh, the shaman is considered the mouthpiece, the medium between the ancestors, the dead people, i.e. the spirits, okay? And the same thing is brought out in this film. Uh, certainly in the middle during the moment when they're stargazing between Simba and Timon and Pumbaa, uh, and then closer towards the climax when Rafiki reminds Simba that Mufasa lives on through his Simba legacy. That's ancestor worship. I'm not making this up. That's from the witches, Okay. And it isn't just, again, that's an easy example, once again, seeing the consistency of uh, Disney. Uh, I don't even have time to get into uh, modern movies and media and stuff, but I will kick this one. Another big industry that is promoting not just witchcraft, but specifically African witchcraft is the music industry. This is huge, to the point where in the United States of America, and I gotta show you the headline on this one too. Young black women are leaving Christianity and embracing African witchcraft in droves, in covens. A woman dressed entirely in white addresses a large audience of African-American women. She's standing behind the lectern uh, in the cadences of a preacher and says, I understand God more now doing what I'm doing than I ever did in the church. She was given the keynote express last month at the annual Black Witch Convention in Baltimore. Hundreds of young black women, okay, are, quote, leaving Christianity in favor of ancestors, African spiritual traditions, uh, in order, why? To find a sense of power in the process. Now, before I show you the actual video of these people turning to African witchcraft in the United States of America in droves, notice what was it. They're looking for power now again it's not by chance that the charismatic community the big pitch to get involved with them is you come to them we would say we want to be more conformed like christ we want to become a disciple of christ jesus said if you're my disciple it ain't about you you must deny yourself pick up your cross come follow me it's about sharing the gospel of jesus christ it's about getting equipped to give a defense for the faith that lies within us. You see what I'm saying? It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about being his mouthpiece. But the charismatic community is what? It's about power. I gotta have power. Well, these ladies are turning to witchcraft for power because the churches they were involved didn't give it to them. Watch this. This is crazy. Growing numbers of African-American women in Maryland and across the nation are leaving traditional church worship. 
all of them are in search of something else, a spiritual belief that connects them to their ancestors and where they can feel more empowered to control their own well-being. They have found it in ancient forms of spiritual contact. Some call it witchcraft, a term they accept and embrace. For most of us, this is how we worship, a tradition that predates us all. This, too, is an ancient art of worshiping, not to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but to spirits and deities that span the oceans and date back to pre-slavery days in Africa. Are you, in fact, witches? I'm whatever the situation calls for. So if you come to me with pleasantries, you being respectful, you'll get Glinda, the good witch of the suburbs. But if you come at me with negativity and meanness and disrespect, then you will get Eveline, your worst nightmare. They have many names and titles and ranks within their belief system. They are college-educated professional women who've chosen to believe that theirs is a truer example of worship that is inclusive of the genders. It connects them, they say, to their ancestors and fills a need not found in traditional worship, though most of them grew up in the church. I was raised Christian, all Christians in my family. Um, in fact, my grandfather was a preacher in the South. I also grew up Christian. I grew up Anglican in the Episcopal Church. The older I got, the more disconnect I felt. I was raised Baptist. My father is a deacon. My mom a deaconess. I was in church all the time. And you wonder why I'm preaching on this. The stuff influences your kids, man. There's pulling them right out of the church. Here's the trend, and we'll close. Over the past decade, white millennials in general have embraced witchcraft in droves. That's a direct quote. But now, a parallel phenomenon is happening, emerging among black millennials. While their exact numbers are difficult to gauge, it's clear that African-American pop culture music has helped this trend to happen. It's being promoted in the music. In the music industry alone, there's Beyonce's allusion to an African goddess in Lemonade. And at the Grammys, Azalea Banks, how do you pronounce that declaration, that she practices brujeria, which we'll get into, Lord willing, next time. Uh, Spanish term for witchcraft. And Princess Nokia's hit Brujas, uh, B-R-U-J-A-S, in which she tells white witches, everything you got, you got from us. Modern black witches are practicing witchcraft with a few millennial, uh, uh, with a few millennial touches. They build altars to ancestors so they can seek their advice on everything from romance to professional advancement. They cast spells using emojis uh, to help banish depression. Surround themselves with crystals in the hope that they'll relieve stress. They burn sage to cleanse their apartments of negative energy. And quote: This is from the secular article. They're typically disillusioned with hierarchical institutions, and here's the example they said, quote, the Catholic Church. Notice how it all began with the incense and candles and stuff? Well, guess what? If you were raised in the Catholic Church, uh, you ain't gonna find Jesus as far as the biblical teachings there because Roman Catholicism is not biblical Christianity. If you doubt that again, get our 12-week study. You can watch it online. Roman Catholicism, the coming one world religion. Okay, it's a works-based salvation. And anything and anybody who adds to the cross of Jesus Christ, if they say Jesus and Mary, or Jesus and the sacraments, or Jesus and Jesus, or Jesus but, Jesus speaking in tongues, Jesus and baptism, Jesus and whatever, and don't drink Coke, and you gotta do a two-year bike tour. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus. So all these people out there claiming to be Christians, and they add to the cross of Christ, they're leading people to hell. And if that's what people believe in, then they're not born again. They're not indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So no wonder they don't get, quote, satisfied. They don't feel a change, a difference, because you're not changed. You're just into a pseudo-Christian religion. But it's not Christianity. In fact, another example, listen, Monica Jeffries, one of the witches, a 28-year-old teacher, she grew up in what? The Apostolic Church. Now again, in our charismatic study, what's the Apostolic Church? That's a charismatics works-based uh, outlet, and which is not the gospel. So you may say you're a Christian. You may say you're a charismatic Christian. But when you say you've got to add to the cross of Christ, you're not saved. So she was involved in that. So of course she gets turned off of that because that's not real Christianity. Again, you see the pattern, okay? Uh, and on and on it goes. Now, here's the other disturbing trend, and we'll probably get into this more towards the back end of our study, but I want to give you a little teaser. 
not all these witches are saying, that's it, I'm just tired of the, the church, which is typically not true biblical Christianity. They're not just leaving. Oh, they're becoming witches. But listen to this. Some witches told me they were finished with Christianity while others, quote, still attend church. So that means they're full-blown witches. Oh, they'll show up on a Sunday. But during the week, they're doing all the witchcraft stuff. I'll share with you an actual report of witches that are going into congregations, specifically charismatic churches, and while everybody's doing the gibberish thing, the witches are doing it too. Everybody thinks they're speaking in tongues. They're actually mumbling their incantations to bring the church down. It's actually going on in churches today. But they also believe that, quote, African witchcraft and Christianity are complementary, not exclusive. As one of them puts it, listen to this blasphemy. The Bible ain't nothing but a big old spell book. Oh, is right. Whoever said that? Right on time. Okay. Uh, but it's also due to, uh, quote, religious tolerance, syncretism, uh, fantasy, science fiction, the growth of feminism, relativism, and the retreat of Christianity. Can I translate that for you? Why do you think for almost nine years now on our Wednesday night studies, it's getting us equipped to give a defense for the hope that lies within us? Number one, that's because it's what the Bible says to do. Number two, we need to understand what's going on in our world. We need to not just know it, but look at it from God's perspective so that we can get equipped and not retreat, but advance and get out there and get equipped and share with people. But the church by and large, when's the last time you heard a church preach on revelation? When's the last time you heard a church preach on sin or God's wrath or even hell? Can I tell you something? When's the last time you heard a sermon on the occult or witchcraft practices or sorcery or anything? You'll hear it here because we're a Bible church, right? And you're going to get in Bible, okay? But most churches, they won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. So guess what? They're retreating. They're playing games and retreating. And because they're retreating, it isn't just they're not making a difference. Now, the occult's coming in to those churches. It's crazy, Okay. Hey, but that finishes up that particular area. Now we're going to finally hop the pond. Lord willing, if we're still alive and still here, next week we're going to get into those brujas, however you pronounce that, uh, brujeria, and we're going to get into the Americas. Now we're not going to go into North America because we're probably going to have specific studies on that when we hit shamanism and things of that nature, but we are going to deal with uh, Central America, Latin America, and South America, and uh, unfortunately, once again, they're involved not only in witchcraft, uh, but for a long time, they're involved also in human sacrifice as well. Horrible, but it's still going on today and being, as we saw, encouraged in music. It's crazy, but we'll get to that, Lord willing, next time. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God out of love gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, "...you shall not bear false witness." That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, 
You guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even his name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place, so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, For instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, Uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.